welcome to the Field Log Podcast, weekly reflections for the Warrior King to help you master yourself, fulfill your purpose, and conquer the day. I'm your host, Marcian Sicario. Field Log Day 76 Fear God One of the most misunderstood concepts in the Christian faith and the gospel, and you actually do see this pop up in some other faiths as well, usually Abrahamic faiths, is the idea of fearing God, right? Why should one fear God? What does it mean to fear God? And of course, this is a very theological, very spiritual topic. So as usual, the disclaimer I always give, I'm not a priest, I'm not a theologian. These are just my musings and interpretations. Read the disclaimer in the footnotes. And please, if anything I say, Sounds a little fishy or a little problematic. Double check it with your priest, with your spiritual father. But today's topic is the fear of God and specifically why you should acquire it. I'm going to spend a little bit of time and explain what my interpretation of the fear of God is. And we have a scripture verse to give us some ideas here, of course. But I'm not going to dwell on the interpretation for too long, but rather my reasons for why I think you should acquire it. Now, the verse that prompted the idea for this topic, and of course, there's many, many verses that touch on the fear of God. But the verse specifically that I ended up writing down is in the book of Ecclesiastes. Specifically, we're in chapter 7, verse 18. And as usual, I'll read the verse first, give you the official footnotes, orthodox interpretation, and, and then we'll dive into it. Now, the verse reads, It is good that you lay hold of this and do not let your hand let go of it. And then the important part, the second half, for the one who fears God, all things will turn out well. For the one who fears God, all things will turn out well. Now for the footnotes, the interpretation in the back, it actually says, see Romans 8.28. So we're going to read the interpretation for 8.28, which reads, The scriptures and man's experience both bear witness that all things work together for good to those who love God. Setbacks and difficulties there will be, but God turns them into light afflictions. God has foreknowledge of all things. Now, when I first read this, I was a little confused, right? And I'll admit it, like I said, I'm not trained in any of this. I'm not a professional. I'm really just trying to help connect some of this to the Warrior King material. But the part that confused me is that it says all things will turn out well or work for the good of those who love God. But the verse, the original in Ecclesiastes reads, fear God. So it seems that the fear of God and the love of God are the same thing. Now that starts to make a little more sense, right? But how can fear and love be the same thing? And again, we're getting into some very deep theology here. But it appears to me that when you love God, you seek to understand God, right? As men living the warrior king life, our first commitment is to God, right? This is basic warrior king 101. Our first commitment is to God, to loving God, to serving God. Now, when you love someone and you serve someone, you get to know that person and Let there be no mistake, God is a personal God, right? Expressed in three persons, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, of course. 
And once you start to understand God and that God is pure love and that God is pure goodness and that God is truth and beauty and justice and all powerful and all knowing, that's a little scary. That is a little scary, right? Love can be scary. If God is pure love and the more you're exposed to him, and his body, the church, and his word, the scriptures, and his capital W word, his son, the more you're exposed to it, the more you start to see your own iniquities. Right? This is the fascinating thing about holy people, about saints, is they're constantly talking about how much they're sinners. And of course, that always makes you think, well, if you're a sinner, then what am I? Right? But the more you see God's perfect love, the more you start to realize how broken you are and how you're nothing compared to God, right? You're, 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 you're dust, you're dirt, right? From dust you came to dust you shall return. And then you start to get scared of the, the awe-inspiring nature of God, right? That's kind of how I try to put it together. And I mean, it, it's really worth it to go ask your spiritual father about this. Seriously, go do that. And you know, now, now that I'm thinking about it, I really should ask my priest about this as well. I don't think I ever have. But you see God and he's so perfect and he's so just and he's so good and he's so merciful. It's a little scary. It's a little intimidating, right? You hear this all the time that beautiful women don't get approached as much because they're intimidating. Their beauty is intimidating. How much more so is God's perfect beauty, infinite beauty, infinite love, infinite goodness going to be intimidating to us, scary to us, right? If God so chooses, you never existed, right? You can be blotted out from the face of reality. That's a scary reality. And, and understanding that we deserve that as, as fallen men, as sinful men who come up short every day, countless times every day. Right? No matter how much we commit ourselves to the warrior king ethos and trying to live for God and live for others and sacrifice and build something valuable and serve other people, we're coming up short every day. I don't remember the last time my alarm went off at 6.30 and I got up immediately. I don't remember the last time. I'll lay there. 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes. I'll turn the alarm off. I'll set it for an hour later. I can't even get out of bed on time. How short we fall. So that's, I think, the fear of God, right? As it appears to me. And then I also like to think of it in another way that, you know, we have that verse in Proverbs that reads, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And I don't remember verse numbers and chapters very well, unfortunately, but you can look that up. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, right? Once you start to say, oh, I, God can punish me for the things I do. And he should, in fact, every time he doesn't, it's a great mercy. And he does that countlessly all the time. He's pardoning every thought we have, everything we do, but he should, right? His mercy is, is just, it's the most powerful thing in him. It appears to me again. So that's, that's how wisdom starts, fearing God and understanding that you Everything that you have, everything that God gives you is an act of mercy's grace. Now, that is just a little bit of background on how I think we might want to approach the fear of God. And you can tell that I'm really hedging a lot here because this is so purely theological. Now, how can I turn this into something a bit more practical, right? How can I turn this into something that's a bit more my wheelhouse, right? Whatever the fear of God may be, and maybe I hit the nail on the head, maybe I completely missed the mark. But whatever it is, the scriptures tell us we should have it, right? That verse in Ecclesiastes, for him who fears God, all things will turn out well. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that when you start to fear God, 
that um, you're going to wake up the next morning and there's going to be a Ferrari parked, you know, in front of your house? Does it mean that you're going to start hitting PRs every day you go to the gym? Does it mean that your bank account's going to triple? Things turn out well? What does that mean? Well, we know that the purpose of life is to acquire virtue, is to acquire purity, holiness, right? And the purpose of the warrior king is the same thing, right? We're just building a man. Everything else is incidental. The wealth, the, the strength, the physical strength, right? The, the craft, the mind, the relationships, the leisure, all of that's incidental to who are you becoming, right? And of course, the thing that we're trying to become, specifically in our calling as warrior kings, is an asset to other people, a leader, a provider, a protector, an asset. So when the verse reads, for those who fear God, all things will turn out well, it appears to me that it means that everything that's going to happen to you once you fear God, once you commit yourself to the fear and love of God, is going to be for your benefit. But man, your benefit can really, really suck sometimes. And we all know that, right? It's adversity that makes us stronger. It's struggle that builds us into the man we need to be, right? I made a post on my Instagram recently that said, be careful what you pray for. You just might get it, right? When you pray, thy will be done, that's a scary prayer. That's a really scary prayer. When God says, really? My will be done? Okay, you said so. Here you go. I'm noticing in you that you're very slothful. I'm going to swamp you with work. I'm noticing in you that you're obsessed with your relationship, right? With your girlfriend or whatever. I'm going to take that away from you because you have to love me first. It's good for you. I've noticed that you're too attached to your wealth. I'm going to take it away from you because you rely on it too much. I've noticed that you take great pride to the degree of arrogance in your physical strength. I'm going to make you get injured or I'm going to allow you to be injured rather. So things are turning out well for you, but it might not seem that way. This is the scary part. That in the Christian life, we know that the only thing that matters is the attainment of the kingdom and leading as many people as we can with us, right? If we have that ability. So everything that happens in your life is for your salvation, right? If you get humbled, if you get hurt, if you get something taken away from you, right? If you get tested, the book of Job, we've talked about this before. I don't remember which theologue it was. We have so many at this point, but there's one where that comes up. Is that Job was deprived of all his things, but it strengthened his faith, right? God at some point speaks down from the heavens and says, who are you to judge me? I made the stars. I made the earth. I made the sun. Who are you? You can't understand my ways. And then Job is humbled. And he says, I think something along the lines of, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, I lost track of it. But he stayed faithful. He stayed steadfast. All his friends were telling him, God's abandoned you. He said, no, God would never. So it, it forged his faith. And then ultimately he was blessed with material things, right? Afterwards. But that doesn't always have to be the case. The only blessing that we really need is God's presence himself. So for the one who fears God, all things will turn out well. Now, I do believe that when you acquire the fear of God, you acquire detachment from other things, right? I always like to say, when you acquire the fear of God, you lose the fear of everything else, right? If you fear God, what else can be scary compared to God? Can getting fired be scary? Can, God forbid, losing your legs or your arms, can that be scary? When you fear God, the creator of the universe, what's a limb? What's a job? Right? What's, what's anything compared to that? So actually, it appears to me that as someone living the warrior king ethos, right? if you feel called to this, if you believe that God has placed in you the particular skills and desires to work hard, 
to build something that is material, yes, we admit that, but to build something that's material for the benefit of God and his chosen people and all the people you interact with, of course. And you start to fear God and you fear God and you lose the fear of everything else and nothing else really matters to you anymore, right? It's the last line from the first commitment. I quote this all the time. Given nothing else, I will be content to live in constant communion with God. If you start to acquire that contentment, it appears to me that God will say, okay, he's going to use financial resources as well. Let me bless him. He's going to use his, let's say, skills with women, right? Your courtship skills. Responsibly, I'm going to bless him with, let's say, a silver tongue, right? And that's, ironically enough, that's a title that was um, given to St. John Chrysostom. I think Chrysostom means silver tongue, right? He was very eloquent. So maybe you're eloquent in speaking to women and you know how to take them on dates and romance them and stuff, but you're not doing it to sleep with them and fornicate and those sorts of things, but you're doing it to try to find a woman you're compatible with and to lead her as the spiritual head of the household, as a husband is, that's in the scriptures. You can look that up. So you start to acquire the fear of God. You lose the fear of everything else. And then things start to turn out well for you, predominantly for your salvation. But once you become detached from things, it seems to me that God will start to bless you materially, just like Job, right? Job was tested with God's permission by the devil and demonstrated that he wasn't married to these things. And that's why I always stress that it's so important that you have to understand that what's that line in Commitments 2-7, through I understand that God may take it or them away from me at any point for my salvation. And if you understand that and you internalize that, then God will know that it's safe to bless you with these things because you'll use it to bless others. You'll pay it forward, right? I've been incredibly blessed in my life, right? I had a very hard childhood, very hard upbringing. I have some traumatic experiences from my youth. We were very, very poor. We were in battered women's shelters. We were on the verge of homelessness for a really long time. The first time I ever had money to spend was when I went to college, which is sort of ironic because most people go to university and it costs them money. I was so poor, I was making money from being at college. But then everything really went uphill from there. And I'm constantly terrified, as you should be, right? You should constantly be terrified. St. Paul tells us, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, right? I'm constantly terrified that these things that God blesses me with might corrupt me. So you have to deepen your asceticism, right? I voluntarily sleep on the floor and you should too, by the way. And that episode is coming, I promise. I know I talk about this all the time, but one day it will come. It's on the list. I just don't know where. So it'll come when the time is right. You take cold showers, right? Episode one, day one. Take cold showers. Very important. You do all of these sorts of things to continue to remind yourself that you don't need physical comfort, you don't need material blessings, and then God will feel comfortable to bless you with them. So that, that's what's been happening in my life, and I feel incredibly grateful. I don't think I deserve these things. I don't think not any of us does. Not one man really truly deserves the blessings God gives us, but he does it anyway out of his great love for us. So you can really start to see that the fear of God helps things work out well for you in everything that matters. And then beyond that, it starts to make achieving your purpose easier and maybe in some ways even possible, right? I can imagine that a man might be placed on this earth and given a certain skill set and really called to be a man for God's kingdom, to, to really work the good of God, right? To, to spread the gospel, to spread peace and love and, and honor and, and humility and faith and all of the virtues that you can think of, wisdom, 
right? Understanding, whatever you want to use as an example. And that man might reject God, right? I was this man for a while. I rejected God for a very long time. Before I was ever religious, I hated Christianity specifically. I hated Christ specifically. I wasn't an atheist. I was an antitheist actively against God. God forgive me for this. So, you know, thankfully I met some incredible Christian men and they were Protestants, but still they were incredible men full of faith and joy who really showed me what the Christian life is all about. Right? This meeting God, having a personal relationship with him and a connection. Now, of course, because I'm Orthodox, I understand that their version of the gospel is just incomplete. Right? They're missing the sacraments, those sorts of things. But they really introduced me to it at first. So any man can be pulled out of that. The point being that a man could be placed on this earth and given all of these gifts and given a calling and reject God and then maybe you won't get blessed. Right? We talked about that in the Receiver Blessings episode. You have to have both been behaving yourself, to put it bluntly, and two, God has to have a certain material blessing in store for you. Right? Of course, immaterial blessings, the grace of God and the mercy are available to all of us because he has that in store for all of us. But that's really what we're talking about here, right? We're talking about acquiring the fear of God, understanding that it's going to make all things turn out well for you and to stop living this selfish, selfish existence. I am just about sick and tired of every single voice out there in the culture, on the internet, God knows where, shouting out the same thing, right? Oh, the best revenge is being successful and rubbing it in people's faces. Your ex screwed you over, go to the gym and get shredded and rub it in her face, right? Disappear for three years and reappear filthy rich, right? Everything is about coddling yourself and getting back at people, proving people wrong, What are you trying to prove people wrong for? I don't understand this message. Why is everything so vindictive nowadays? It's because people aren't fearing God. The fear of God has left us as a species and we have to acquire it because things aren't working out well for these people. Right? You're going to end up a multimillionaire at the very top and your life will be meaningless and empty. That's the fate that awaits, God forbid, But it seems to me that's the fate that awaits people who reject the fear of God and do everything for the fame and the glory and the revenge, right? I'm tired of hearing it. We have to fight against this. We made an episode about that too. It's called Enough, right? There's enough weakness and brokenness and selfishness in this world. We have to actively push against that. And the way it starts is the fear of God, right? The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, You don't start to understand that every person has the image of God in him or her. I had a conversation with somebody a couple of weeks ago about this, two weeks ago. Uh, This person is an atheist, doesn't believe in God. And I said, well, the fundamental thing that I will say to you, beyond the fact that God is a logical necessity, and we're not going to get into that, but the fundamental thing I will say to you is that you believe in treating people well, right? Yes, yes, I do. She says. I said, why? Why? You don't believe in God. In fact, you're a self-proclaimed nihilist. Nothing matters. You don't matter. I don't matter. I could hurt you right now. You could hurt me right now. It doesn't matter. The only reason people matter is because they have the image of God in them. That is what gives them value. The only reason why we need to treat the earth well and treat the animals well and, and steward our belongings is because they're God's creation. They're good. Corrupted because of the fall, but good inherently. So when you acquire the fear of God, 
and the love of God, as it says in Romans 8.28, then you start to understand that people need to be treated with respect and forgiveness and kindness and love. You have to love your enemies. Right? The Lord says, even a thief can love his friends. Like It's not special. You're not special when you do things for your friends. It's exceptional when you love and pray for your enemies. It's not about being vindictive. It's not about getting revenge. It's not about being better and rubbing things in people's faces. How petty is that? That's not a man. That's a boy at best. right? A boy gets, doesn't get the toy that he wants and he sees the kid with the toy, shoves him. Right? This is childish. You have to mature and be a man. So we have to work day and night, every breath we take, every step we take, every decision we make. Have to acquire the fear of God, which according to the scriptures is the love of God. You have to love him. You have to understand his uncontainableness, right? I'm sure that's not a word, but you get the point. Understand it. Understand that everything that's happening to you is for your benefit when you fear God. It's all for your salvation when you fear God. When you acquire the fear of God, you lose the fear of everything else. You become bulletproof. But there's nothing that can be taken from you at that point. Now, the takeaway, I think, is pretty straightforward. Do you fear God? Ask yourself today, are you actually scared? Genuinely, do you understand that God is pure goodness and that you have invited him into your life? If you're Orthodox, you're communing. The body and blood of Christ is entering your body. Read the pre-communion prayers. Read them. What does it say? Right? That God should not let the communion of his holy mysteries be to your judgment or condemnation. Right? That pure, perfect flesh and blood of our Lord is entering your body, is making contact with you physically. That should be scary. Something perfect, something pure and holy is making contact with you. It could burn you. It could hurt you. We have stories like that, and I think it's the book of Acts. I know I need more of the fear of God every day, all the time. And I do fear God. I genuinely, sometimes I'll do things. I'm like, oh, I need to go to confession right now because I need absolution and forgiveness. I don't want this biting me. I need to be better. I need to be better. And I think that that sensation or that, that mentality eventually starts to mature. And then we say, I'm disappointed in myself because I let God down and all he ever does is good for me. And all I ever do is, is, is reject him. I want to be better. And I think that's probably where the humility of the saints comes from. They understand that God is so pure and so loving and constantly keeps loving them, right? Imagine the person you love most in this world, hypothetically, right? Your wife or your mom or or your brother, right? For me, it's my brother. I love him more than anything in this world. I would do anything for him. Imagine that person and you hurt that person. I want you to really imagine this. Think of the person and imagine hurting him or her deeply, deeply, a pure betrayal. I could not live with myself. I could not look myself in the mirror if I did that to my brother. Now, how much more should I love God? How much more should I fear letting him down in that way? And I do it every day. Right, my brother, the way I treat him is pretty good, right? To, to his standard, right? To human standards, it's great, right? He respects me, he loves me, I respect him, I love him. God sees all of my mistakes and he, he, he weeps for them. Right? He was on the cross for them. So we all need to acquire that fear. So just think on that a little today. I'm going to think on that as soon as this comes out. And God willing, we're all going to acquire the fear of God 
And then everything that happens to us, no matter how good or bad it seems, will be for our benefit. That's it for this week's Field Log. If you like what you heard today, you can follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on right now. You can also rate the show. That always helps out a lot. You can find me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at marcian.cx for field log snippets, art, philosophy, and training-related content. You can also visit the website at marcian.cx for much more of the same. I'm still working on consolidating the Warrior King content into the marcian.cx project. So check back at the website soon for the new and improved Warrior King training protocol, which is going to include supersets and my updated supplement recommendations. There's also a 2024 goal-setting guide on the way, and of course the Warrior King newsletter. If any of that sounds appealing to you, the links to everything are in the show notes below. It's all free, and as always, conquer the day.